Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Dreamers Succeed podcast. I am so excited today because we are joined by Frank Agan, who is a professional networker. He is a connector of people. He loves people and loves connecting people. You're going to learn a lot about him, but he does it all from a place of so much heart that when I met Frank, we immediately connected and I am humbled and honored that he decided to come and play today for a little while. So if you don't already know Frank, you're going to get to know him throughout this episode. And I promise you, you are in for a real treat. Welcome, Frank. Hey, Berta. Thanks for having me. I, I don't know what uh, what I'm going to tell people that you probably already told them. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to stretch it. But, but okay. Frank, I, I really am honored that you made the time. I know it's a busy time for you. I know it's always a busy time. And you're you're making great use of, of this this blessing of, of extra time, people call it. I don't know if it's extra, but, but um, yep. we're less driving. So, yep. But I, I really am grateful that you are here and you're going to be sharing with us today. So how are things going, by the way? Things are going well. Um, you know, I, you know, we're just for those who are listening, we're in the midst of the COVID-19 uh, mm-hmm. situation. Um, and um, I just made a determination early on. I think, you know, I think everybody, you go through that state of fear. It's the mm-hmm. unknown. We've never, ever seen anything like this. Right. There have always been parts of the country and Miami gets by, hit by hurricanes. Mm-hmm. The Midwest might have a tornado you know, the Northeast has snowstorms. And so it's little pockets here or there or typhoons in, in Southeast Asia. Here, this is something that's affecting the whole world. And so there, you know, there's a degree of apprehension and I felt it early on. And I just decided, you know what, you can choose to be fearful or you can allow yourself to be fearful, which is just, just a natural emotion, or you can choose courage. Um, and I just decided I was going to be courageous I didn't know exactly what I was going to do, but I was going to start doing things just so uh, just so I would push the fear aside. And when we're when we allow ourselves to kind of really think that's when fear kind of seeps in. But if you're as long as you're taking action, um, your brain is using a different part and it just Mm -hmm. you can't do two things with your brain. So it kind of pushes fear aside. So everything's fine. I'm busy. I'm busy. (laughs) Absolutely. And and I'm so happy that you mentioned that, Frank, because I, I've had this conversation over the last few weeks um, and, and it's hard to even keep track of how long this has been going on. But I've noticed and I and I see that in you because I'm I'm receiving these connections with you. I'm, I'm seeing what you're doing and how you're being of service, that the people that are being of service, that are taking this opportunity to really be a stand for using their expertise to serve people who might be able to look at things differently now are really on the optimistic side of the spectrum. They are on the courage side, as you describe, and, and I, I love how you said that. Um, and fear is just not a factor with them because they are in full-blown, let's see what we can do, how we can serve, how we can help others right now, just navigate through this time. And it's I, I, I'm really, really happy that you mentioned that because I think it's important uh, for us to to be able to make that that uh, differentiate the two. Well, I, I, I mean, I totally, I, I'm totally sincere about that. And I'll, I will talk to people on the phone, people in my organization or just random people. And it's like, oh, I don't know how this is going to go. And it's like, what is the one step you can take That's awesome. in a positive direction? 
you know, mm. just stop and think about that. And then they'll come up with it. Okay, let's take that and then figure out what the next one is and just mm. keep, you know, figuratively putting one foot in front of the other. Right, right. And that's uh, all you can do. And that's key. Exactly, exactly. And that gives us that control, at least with so much around us that we can control that control of that next, that next step that we're taking. So Frank, tell me if, if, if I looked you up in the dictionary, what would it say? And I need you. And I know this is really hard for you because I know that you're coming from a place of, of humility always, even if it's not your intention, it's just your DNA. Modesty aside, if I looked you up in the dictionary, what would it say? Reliable. Have you ever heard the saying, take a message to Garcia? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Most people haven't heard that saying, yeah. um, but I, That's you know, a great I, book. it a is great a great book, book. Yes. and most people haven't read it, but it's yeah. a story of reliability. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's a true story. It's kind of a lost story. And yes. in fact, I have, a, I've devoted a whole podcast episode to telling it wow. and found a gentleman who did a voiceover of that, take a message to Garcia mm -hmm. um, essay that was printed in the late um, oh, it was 1899. Right, it was right, right. Long time ago. And so yeah. the, the English is a little hard for us to mm -hmm. kind of speak through. Mm -hmm. um, but that just resonates with me. And, you know, my kids hate the saying, you know, take a message to Garcia. <laughs> they know exactly what I mean, you know. But, yeah, I mean, that's how I want to, you know, that's how I want to be known is, is you need something that you come to me. Yeah, I'm a connector and all those things. I, I, I try to be at least but I really want to come through. And if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Um, and if there's some reason I can't, I'll let people know. Um, but if I, that's how reliable, that's the answer. Mm, that's a great one. That's a great one, Frank. And I, and I see that. And I know that there's so much passion in how you serve your community and, and that reliability element. And I think you're, you're attracting those people that are like you. But I, I actually love that you mentioned that book. I read it late last year and, um, and, and started, you know, recommending it to everyone who would listen. And, and I really think that it's something that we need that resurgence of, yeah. of, of what that means and what it means to really have that as part of our culture. So Frank, can you talk to me a little bit about just so that the listeners understand how you have taken your your networking prowess for lack of a better word and just I know that that's something that you're either yes, you can you can learn to do it, but you you sort of have to be born with that dedication to service and how you've created your business model, not only for what you do for people, but also what you've created with, with Amspirit. Is that yeah, a fair you question? Know, I, no, it's a, it's, it's a totally fair question. I, I, uh, um, I don't, I don't want to say I take issue with you say you have to be born with it. I think we're all born with it. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's part of the human, the human condition. Mm -hmm. And I point to the events of nine 11 and the events of COVID-19 is really kind of parallel type things because mm. people are looking out for one another more than they ever have. Right. You know, 9-11, there are all sorts of stories of people fleeing from the Twin Towers, being helped by homeless people who were begging for money, you know, moments earlier. Right. Um, and that's just kind of hardwired into who we are. If you look mm. back at the 
if you look back at, at human development, and when mm-hmm. I'm saying human development, I'm not talking 100 years ago or 200 mm-hmm. years ago. I'm talking 50,000 years ago when we lived in when we lived in tribes and clans. Mm-hmm. Um, you had to contribute. Mm-hmm. You had to be a giver. If you didn't, you were out. And if you were out, that was a death sentence. Mm-hmm. So we have developed with that sort of mindset. I think what has happened or what with with business is we hear these urban legends of, oh, to be in, in business, you've got to be cutthroat and take mm-hmm. care of yourself and all that stuff. And it's simply not true. Right. The people who are the most successful are the people who do the most for people. And uh, not just people like you and I who have small businesses. When you look at some of the really, really iconic business people, Warren Buffett, mm-hmm. Bill Gates, they are doing a tremendous amount with their wealth and their knowledge and their connections. Um, and that's a key component to their success. So, you know, with respect to wh- how I am and what am spirits about, I just, I just sort of surrender to that, that I'm here to help other people and I'm not expecting anything from anybody, but I'm hopeful, mm-hmm. but I'm very hopeful. And when I, you know, what I notice, Bert is when I do things for people, I get, I get one of four responses. One, I hear nothing. Okay. They didn't listen to their mom. They don't say mm-hmm. thank right. you. But then there are people who say thank you, and that's nice. It's nice to be appreciated. I'm not expecting it, but it's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I note that. The third type of person will thank me and then want to, hey, Frank, we should go to co- get coffee. I've got six other things you can help me with. Mm-hmm. I run from those people because <laughs> they're just takers, right? Right. Uh, but then I, but then the fourth type of person, or, or I put you in this category, people that you connect with and you do things for, and it just becomes this ongoing dance, this ongoing exchange of helping us, helping each other with different things. And, you know, the people I'm sending to you and the people you're sending to me doesn't diminish you. When you send me a contact, it doesn't diminish you. Right. Um, and if anything, it helps you. Um, mm. And so... That's you know really kind of the mindset of of what we need to be doing, and what I find is that I will double down in working with the people who are those givers because mm-hmm. that's you get a return on your investment. So it's mm-hmm. you know it just it's just been part of you know part of my mindset with respect to the organization. In fact, we've been doing a lot of webinars in that as of late um, with uh, with Amspirit just because Zoom has allowed us to really reach the whole organization. And people are like, hey, can I bring guests? Absolutely. I'm mm-hmm. not going to sit at the door right, and say, right. wait a minute, you haven't paid dues. <laughs> no, I want to help people. Right. And I just trust it'll come back to me. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been let down yet. So That's I continue beautiful. on. That's beautiful. And I, and I love what you said, uh, Frank, about because I, one of my favorite quotes is, is that a candle doesn't lose any of its light by lighting another candle. And I think that and and i think we you and i have had this conversation that you know we and i have friends that tell me you put people in two categories you have two buckets you have the givers and the takers there is no gray for you yeah <laughs> it's just it's just who do i know who would donate a kidney to a stranger right. if they had the ability to do it so and and i really gravitate as as you mentioned to the people who are the givers, because there are always givers, and and there are always people doing great things. You know, you mentioned 9/11. I remember what did we feel like on 9/12? Yeah. 
you know, yeah. everybody was just, I mean, standing in line. I remember standing in line for hours just to donate blood and, yeah. and, 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 and the amount of people that were there. And I know Mr. Rogers says his mom always said, even in a catastrophe, you look for the helpers. There are always people helping. And it's interesting that you went back. I, I read a great story by Margaret Mead where she, you know, somebody asked her, she's at this uh, conference and it's a group of college students and someone gets up and asks her, what was the first sign of civilization for humans? Mm-hmm. And and she goes into, you know, they're expecting for her to say, you know, uh, we found a, a bowl or something that was crafted or a weapon or something. And she said, a healed femur. Because a healed femur means that someone was incapacitated. The femur is the largest bone in the human body. Right. And for that femur to heal, especially we go back to the times of the cavemen where there were no uh, medical devices, nothing, nothing that we have now in the way of, of helping that healing process, that person had to be cared for. That person had to be uh, watched after. Uh, and kept safe from the elements and from predators. And that means that if that person was able to heal, someone had to take the time. And that is, in her opinion, the first sign of human civilization. That's how we became a civilized society. When we took the time to care for someone long enough, listen, that may have been a six-month process. But when they find in the excavations a healed femur, she says that's how far back we can go to know that that um, as a human, as a humanity, we were civilized, which I think is just a beautiful testament, especially from an anthropologist where they're so uh, cultural science is, is so much their thing. I right. think it's a it's it's beautiful testament to what what you just said, Frank. That's that's a great story, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it it really is, and I encourage you know everyone uh, just look it up because it's it's it really you know when you look it up it gets into even the reaction it was just not ex- an expectation from the student body for right. that to be the earliest sign of civilization. So I thought I thought that was really cool. So Frank, I want to thank you for this. For those of you who do not see it, uh, Frank wrote a wonderful book called Foundational Networking: Building No like and trust to create a lifetime of extraordinary success. I just finished the book. I love it. So Frank, can you tell us a little bit about how that book came to be and what motivated you to to put all your ideas down on somewhere where where people can read that? Oh, absolutely. You know, for the longest time when I, you know, I, I, I started my career as an attorney and in a big firm and went into private practice. And when I went into private practice, I had no idea how to get clients. And so I really had to kind of learn networking from the ground up. Um, I was, I don't want to say I was a taker, but I just, that was what I thought you had to do is go out and really kind of self promote. Mm-hmm. And then I stumbled upon what is now my organization, Am Spirit Business Connections, and really started the process of learning how to be Uh, a student of networking. I say a student always interested in teaching and always interested in learning. But what I noticed early on, Berta, was is there was, as I was reading other people's books about networking, there were lots of tactical things, lots of strategic things. Um, Have a good 30-second commercial. If you have a great Mm -hmm. 30-second commercial, that's awesome. 
And yet I saw people with great 30-second commercials who really didn't have good networks. And then I, well, I had a client, one of my legal clients, uh, Larry, Larry LeMasters. Larry was not a very articulate person. Great guy, good old boy, great guy. Um, but he had an incredible network of people. He was a wonderful person, wonderful human being. Uh, I can go on and on and on about Larry. Um, and he didn't. He didn't have that, you know? And so what's the difference? And what I determined was networking networking skills and tactics don't work unless you have this foundation of know, like, and trust. And that foundation of know, like, and trust is built on really three things. One, how we present ourselves to the world. You know, if you're a mope, nobody wants to be around you. But if you're optimistic and courageous, you just attract people to you. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is your, your degree of altruism, your degree mm -hmm. of wanting to give back to the world. And people who want to give back to the world have a, a, have a tremendous following. You know, and it's just got to be part of the foundation. If you're a giver, nobody cares if you don't have a good 30-second commercial, right. right? And then the third thing was what I call integrity being reliable, you know, being honest, um, you know, just, you know, and, and that really kind of comes in all sorts of shapes and sizes, you know, being willing to share the credit when something good happens is a function of integrity. And so all those, you know, I saw those as the things that you kind of built a foundation on. And that was really the genesis of the book. I didn't want to have a book that just talked about, okay, you need to do this and bring mm -hmm. cards to it after mm -hmm. hours, you know, that, to me, that was just too narrow, and people needed to take take care of the the foundational elements first uh, of networking. That's great, and 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 one of the things that I loved is, and and you so mentioned as well, Frank, that you the pillars for the book, which I think are the pillars to building a, a great, uh, and I like building a generosity centric tribe, a generosity-centric business network, um, are presence, altruism, and integrity, which you just touched on. But what yeah. I really love, Frank, is that with every chapter or at the end of every strong bullet point, you have these foundational networking exercises. And it really helps the reader not only, and, and we, we bring in our networking experiences, which I love the way that you did it because Every, every time I read a chapter, I would be able to relate to something that I've done through my networking experiences or an experience that I had that fit into that category. So I congratulate you and, and love how you've been able to really encapsulate, and, it, and I'm sure it comes from all the experience that you've had, um, the things that we face, the challenges, the, the emotion, the... The, the wins, you know, when, when you have that perfect connection that you make yeah. early on. So you give us those foundational networking exercises and those networking extras. Can right. you tell me a little bit about your, why you felt putting that in the book was important? And I appreciate it as the reader. Well, you know, truth be told, it took me 18 months to write the book. You know, every Monday morning I would block out my calendar from about seven in the morning till noon, no emails, no phone calls. And I would work on it. Mm -hmm. And after 18 months, I had 360 pages of material. Wow. 
Now, what you have in your hands is about 240. Mm -hmm. So I met with a friend of mine and whose uh, name's John Millen. He's a He's a communications expert, mm-hmm. leadership and communication consultant. And he read it um, and he was very, he wanted to meet with me. He was very sheepish about the meeting. And he said, Frank, you need to cut out 120 pages. That was the first thing he said, which was like, oh my God, that's like, that's my baby. I spent 18 <laughs> months on this. Uh, but the other thing he said was, he said, you need to, I had all those stories in there. He said, you need to put the stories at the end. And so we together, you know, he kind of shared, hey, structure it. So the lesson is right up front and you, you know, here, share the credit and then share a story about sharing the credit. Mm -hmm. Um, Be encouraging. Talk about that, then provide a story. Mm -hmm. So those were always in there, Berta. Uh, I just kind of put them in as as extras. Um, Some people like to read those things and some people don't. I do. So that's, I do. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. Thank you. But I, but I, but I really like the way that you did that because I think it gives the reader that that practical, especially when we're when we're getting into something that we really want, like the meat and potatoes. It gives us that both things. You've got the book, but it's 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 almost like you've got the workbook too. And let's put right. it into practice and let's see what it looks like because it'll stand out at the next event. Now, Frank, I wanted to read this because I didn't want to mess this up. So as a comfort zone coach and, and someone who believes in, in, in getting out of our comfort zones, right. I wanted to read this because I want your, you to elaborate a little bit on, okay. on what this means. And one of your chapters in, in the integrity pillar was consistent comfort. And you quoted Neil Payne. And it says, many executives will not enter into a relationship because they will not feel comfortable conducting business with someone they do not feel 100% comfortable with. And then you go on in that chapter uh, very eloquently to describe just that initial interaction and how you build that comfort and that rapport. Can you talk a little bit about breaking through that discomfort to get to the no like, and trust stage? Yeah. You know, I, um, I love looking at networking from an anthropological standpoint. The story told about Margaret Mead, I'm going to look that up. Mm-hmm. But I look at, I try to look at all of us through that lens and the things we do and how we behave through that lens. And if you stop and look back again, 50,000 years ago, we lived in small tribes, clans, whatever you want to call them of about 150, mm-hmm. that's what they theorize. And there's a, there's a whole study as to why they think that is. And we won't get into it here. Um, but you could probably spend your whole life and never run into anybody else again. You would just, it would just be your people. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you came upon somebody you didn't know, it usually meant threat. Somebody was mm-hmm. coming into your territory or you happened to go over into theirs and you were at risk. So meeting people that you don't know is not a natural thing. And that's why when we go to networking events, we have, we feel that apprehension. I'm a big networker and I'm, I'm not ashamed to say when I go to networking events, I can feel that apprehension. Now I've got ways that I kind of quell it and, and, and deal with it. Um, but there's that apprehension there. And, and that's, I theorize where that come from, comes from. So 
when I talk about you know building rapport and giving people comfort, it it, it really kind of comes from that. And I look at people and say, okay, you know, I know they're not comfortable with me, and it's a natural thing because they don't know me. Mm-hmm. They don't know me at all. So I want to do the things that can make them feel comfortable being around a really a stranger, someone that they don't know. Uh, obviously, once you start to get to know people, it becomes a whole lot easier, and then you can kind of roll into a conversation from all sorts of, you know, if somebody you know, you can get right down to talking about business, mm-hmm. you know, but if it's somebody new, you're, you're reluctant to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really kind of the, my thought process with respect to that particular part of the book, just yeah. kind of breaking through and, and letting people know that, Hey, I, I'm not from your tribe per se. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm I, safe. Yeah. And it's important because I, I am, uh, and it's funny because when I say this, people laugh, but I'm, I'm an introvert. I, I'm just not. And, and we shared a story of yeah. how I started networking. I just, I just hated it because I, it just felt very unnatural to me because so, so I, 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 I appreciate you sharing that because it, it really helps paint that picture of, of, of how we start breaking, breaking through that. Frank and I'm I'm grateful for you. Now I have a, a a personal question. Tell me tell me what is the first thing you're gonna do when we're over all this coronavirus? Um, sequester, uh, self sequester. I I'd like to go to the movies. Yeah, yeah. I love going to the movies. Um, you know my uh, my sons, my daughter, my wife. We all like going to the movies. I like going to the movies by myself. I'm like you. I'm somewhat introverted. <laughs> I love to go to the movies by myself, yeah. um, and I wear a Fitbit. You know, I wear a Fitbit and it tracks my sleep. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, and when I look at my, I can know I know when I'm in the movies because I get so relaxed that my Fitbit thinks I'm asleep. Mm. Um, and so for me, it's very um, medicinal. I guess would be the word. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, it's, I tell my assistant, cause I'll go in the middle of the day. If I go by myself right. and during the week, I'll say, I'm going on vacation for two hours. <laughs> she knows what I mean. That's <laughs> There's a movie great. theater about three miles from here. I get in the car, I can get there mm-hmm. in five minutes. I'll go to a movie and I'll come back to work. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of, it's like rebooting a computer. I'm ready to go. I'm, yeah. I'm relaxed. It's great. Um, so I do miss the movies. Yeah, I do miss yeah. the movies. Yeah, that's it's not the, the same watching it at home. No, no, no. It's one of the one of the. Th- in fact, a lot of these these straight to home releases uh, that they've done, I haven't even seen them because yeah. I'd rather go and pay. And and I do that too, Frank. I don't know if you have a Regal. I think AMC does it too. But yeah. they have this new unlimited. Have you seen that? Yep. Because I yep. do that too. And and every time there's a release, I'm with my granddaughter every week if 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 something is out every week but i go and not a lot of people know this but i go to the movies twice a month by myself religiously good and and i eat my nachos when nobody's watching so the calories don't even count because yep. nobody sees me eat it <laughs> i don't have people around me all the time i can yep. pick that middle seat and i recline and it's a whole different so sometimes you know a movie will come on netflix or come on demand or something and my husband will say oh i'm going to watch this and i'll say that was a great movie and he'll say, yeah. did you see this? And I say, yeah, I saw it. He will, when did you see it? And then I have to, you know, make something up. But I, but I make it a point to do that, you know, just like I, I love hiking with, with my friends, but I hike by myself more often than I should admit, but I, it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's important. So, but that's, that's interesting. Cause that is, I'm sure that's on a lot of people's lists. Yeah. <laughs> 
So Frank, what is, um, if I can pick your brain a little bit, uh, if you had three pieces of advice that you could give people who maybe are not taking networking, um, I don't want to say as seriously as they should, but are not making mm -hmm. the most of their networking efforts. Do you have any words of wisdom that you can impart on them? Yeah, people people do ask me all the time, you know, I, what do I need what do I need to do to do to jumpstart this? What do I need to do? My my number one piece of advice is find something you're passionate about and go volunteer. Mm. You know, and that is networking. That you're going to be out there, you're going to be connected to people who've come out of their corner of the world to care about the same thing you care about. And you're going to brand yourself as a caring person, uh, you know. So that's certainly that's you know one thing I would I would recommend doing. Um, the second thing I would recommend doing is I would recommend starting to give, find a way to give, and it doesn't have to be anything big. It can be as simple as when you walk into the store, when we when we get to this point, hold the door open for the person. I don't care if they're ten feet behind you and don't you know, it seems a little unnatural. They will. They will appreciate it. But, you know, generosity is kind of a slippery slope. You do a little something and then you find something bigger to do. Mm -hmm. Then you find something bigger to do. <laughs> but keep, a, you know, keep a journal, you know, just for one week, keep a journal of all the nice things you do, giving people compliments, all those things. And what that will do is that will, that will make you look for opportunities. Even when you've stopped journaling, it'll make you look for opportunities to help other people. And then the third piece of advice I would give is this, find three or four people that you've lost touch with and reconnect because mm -hmm. I guarantee they still know you like you and trust you and you just need to get caught up. Um, and there's, there'll be a treasure trove of opportunities, new contacts, information um, that you can benefit from. So those are the, those are my big three. That's awesome. That's great, Frank. And I think that the, 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 all three of them are, are key components. I think of, of operating the way that we, network and we grow our, our networks just from a place of, of generosity. The volunteering is, is a great, uh, a great advice for people who hadn't thought of that as a networking opportunity, not that you go for that. But I remember when I, and I've always been a volunteer coordinator or volunteer leader. When I moved from Miami to Broward, my, right. my mentor had moved to Broward as well. So I was able to follow her in her path and she became a big organizer for Volunteer Broward. And, I, and what I most remember about Cindy and, and Cindy's a great, um, a great fan of the show. She, it's so funny because she always used to say, you know, I volunteer to meet my future husband. Oh my gosh. <laughs> because I know that the caliber of people that I beat when I'm volunteering Mm -hmm. are are not your average person. I'm not going to meet this kind of person at a, at a bar. And and she did. She met Wayne volunteering and I think they just celebrated their 20th anniversary or something and they're a beautiful couple and um and it's and it's hysterical for me because we really we're not we, we don't realize some of the my greatest friendships are people that I've met uh, volunteering together in a number of different arenas. So I love that you said that, Frank, because that's a that's a big one and people yeah. need, to, need to know. So Frank, what is, before we wrap this up, first, I want you to share your call letters. How can people find you? How can they find the book, uh, which I highly, highly recommend for those of you, when we put the video up, um, you'll, you'll see it, but, but foundational networking 
building know, like, and trust to create a lifetime of extraordinary success. Where can they find the book? Where can they find you? Where can they find out about AmSpirit? You know, the simple one stop to find all things Frank Agan is go to frankagan.com because I have links to my books. Um, I have links to my podcasts. I have links to AmSpirit. I have my LinkedIn, my Facebook, my email on there. It's the easiest way to, and everybody likes to communicate differently. Some people are partial to LinkedIn. Others want to do email, um, but that would be the best thing. Frank Agan, A-G-I-N is the last name spelled, um, dot com would be the best way to, to connect with me. Good, good. And and folks, I'm not even kidding. Uh, follow him. And, and especially if you can follow him on, on LinkedIn. Uh, Frank is always just blessing everyone with so much information and so much so many good tips that we need to be using and implementing in our in our businesses and in our lives. It's not just about business, but really in the way that we that we're doing life. So I, I encourage you to follow him and look him up, like he said, on his website. You're going to find everything that you need uh, to learn more about Frank and, and to connect with him. I know every time that I've made a connection, I always, always, always receive that thank you email. I had a great conversation with Frank Agan. Thank you so much for the connection. And I know that those are going to, you know, the webs, the spider webs are going to be built on those and those are going to branch out, which I'm very, very excited about. So Frank, what would you say is the big dream? The big dream, um, you know, you know, for me I, with AmSpirit, I want to create a business. Um, well, people are like, "What are you going to do with What are you going to do with AmSpirit when you retire?" I'm like, "Well, I don't really want to retire. I want to work on into my 80s and beyond. I want to live to 100 and work right. every minute of it." Um, <laughs> But my big dream is to create an organization that I basically give back to the organization. I want my franchisees to more or less own it mm-hmm. um, in the long run. I want to create a create a probably a not for profit that will own the organization and the franchisees will elect the board. That would be my dream. That this all this work I've put in, um, I don't really profit from. Long term, like people sell a company, uh, I can't take it with me anyways. Mm-hmm. And my kids are all going to be super successful of the, in their own right. They're not going to need the money, mm-hmm. um, but essentially turn it back and uh, let this thing live on beyond me. So I will never, I'll never see the dream. I'm, I'm, I'm planting trees I will never see, and that's Beautiful. you know that's yeah. you know that's, that's what legacy. I want to do. That's legacy. Yep, that's legacy. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Frank. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you uh, for being a blessing, for being in my life for now, um, you know, imparting so much with our, with our audience and sharing with us today. I pray that you are, I know you haven't stopped. <laughs> You've probably been uh, sort of upping the ante on everything yeah. you're doing now, but I'm sure we'll be on the other side of this uh, soon enough. Yep. And um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. You have a great day. Have a great one.